Well, hello. How are you? Don't worry, we'll make it better. <laughs> Say Fingers hi crossed. to you. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Honestly, it's lush. It feels like ages since I saw you. I think, God, what was it, about nine months ago, ten months ago, we probably last worked together? Yeah, yeah, around about, I think about October last year. Yeah, so it was the Because, end of the year. yeah, It's gone so quickly and lots changed. yeah. Yeah, and lots still changing, which is scary. Yeah. Fill me in. Catch me up in about, let's do like five minutes to kind of catch me up from where you were to where you are. What's been going on? Right, so last time I spoke to you, I was working at Age UK, um, weren't happy, but Yeah. I was just starting my level three counselling as well. Um, so I completed that, so finished that in May. I think And I saw you post that on social media. I'm sure I saw that you did that, yeah. yeah, um, and I applied for level four and I start in a couple of weeks. So that's another two years. Um, but then I'll be fully qualified, so that's good. Um, started a new job in January, which is team manager for a mental health crisis recovery. Um, it's five nights a week. Fits in perfect with family life and things like that. And I had these big, big illusions that I'd be working at night and then through day I'd be going to gym and See my friends and studying, and I don't do anything. I really, and it's it's getting to. And then obviously I've got grandbabies since then. I've got two more grandbabies on way. Um, one of grandbabies is going to be living here with us because it's my youngest son. Something in the water where you live. <laughs> what day do you? Oh, Um, um, once due Christmas Day. stop it. Um, and Zach, who's my youngest, who's living here now with his girlfriend. Cute. Um, <laughs> okay. there's, Well. <laughs> <laughs> there's the first of February. So got a while for that one, but Christmas being um, the Valentine's baby, then. yeah, yeah, It's okay. yeah. So, are you sticking with the job at the moment, long term? Is it, are you looking for something else? Are you happy there? Obviously, you said the routine's kind of fucked, for lack of a better word. Um, It's awful, Rosie. It is awful. Um, I'm completely knackered all the time. And there's no way of working through day because it's it's an evening service. Um, I love the job. Um, but when I went to Portugal in July, they had a massive flood and it's still not fixed. So we're all working at home and it's it's all right. I don't mind one day a week at home, Yeah. but I thrive better around people. You need that social, don't you? Yeah, um, so that it's really starting to get me down being Yeah. at home all the time because I sit like this, you know, just with my scruffs on, don't bother with my hair, makeup, that makes me feel rubbish. And Yeah. it's like, well, there's no reason to make an effort because I'm home and nobody sees me. Um, so that's really difficult. So the last few days I have been thinking, oh, shall I look for something else? And But I know what I'm like. When I'm anxious over something or I get myself into this, I'm rubbish at everything. 
and my life's rubbish, even though it's not. It's like a start. I, I've been saying to my husband for about a week, I feel like I'm going to do something reckless. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't know. And, and I get this feeling every couple of times a year where I think I'm going to do something reckless. And it's usually something where I make the decision on my own and just do something really stupid. Normally just, I don't know, changing jobs and spending money that I've not got, that kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm working at home and I'm unsettled and I'm stressing about how my life's going to change in September because I'll be at college one full day a week and then working five nights. And I don't know if I'm, I'm worried over that. Um, but then something that's never really bothered me is is me. And every time I look at me, I'm like, oh, my God, you're disgusting. You're old. You're fat. You're wrinkly. And I've been trying to take photos without filters on. And they're just, they're horrible. They're awful. And I just, I just don't like what I see anymore. And I'm not normally like that. I normally can push through that because I'll be like, I'll put some fake tan on. And I'll put a nice dress on and I'll do my hair. And that normally is enough. But it's not um, even going as far as looking on internet for like diet pills and stuff. And that's not me. And I really thought, is it anxiety over all this or whatever? But I've never felt less confident in my life. Yeah. Never. How long can you feel that way? Um, Probably since I come back off holiday. At least a month. At least a month. And I were absolutely brilliant all day. I had bikini on, I didn't give a... You your pictures, you looked so happy. I didn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I love this. Like, I walk around in shorts. Best. I've looked at photos, I've got a mirror on a wall. And I look huge, but I don't care because I was so happy. And it's, you know, just trying to explain it to my husband. It's like, since I come back, I just feel a bit lost. And it's more than holiday blues. It's not, oh, I'm missing being away. Because we're going away again in a few, well, end of September, just for a long weekend. So it's not that. It's just, I don't know. It's just something I've not felt before. Describe the feeling. I feel worthless. I feel like I'm not good enough. I hadn't let my husband near me for about three weeks. Went to bed, going through menopause and having not sweats and putting pyjamas on in bed not good for anybody. But it, it's that, it's just like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know what it is, because that's not me. That's not me. It's good, though, that you still have that realisation that that's not who you are, like, this is mm. kind from somewhere this isn't true this isn't like all of a sudden you've realized you spent your life thinking one thing and now it, you realize that this is actually and actually it's a good thing that you've done something about it because you're going right okay I'm, I recognize this isn't me there's something going on that's not quite right here before it gets to a point where you go well maybe this is me because that's what people let happen and then they become the thing and that's much harder to deal with whereas you're kind of in a position where you you can nip this in the bud. Yeah. Good. 
Um, I I think the fact that there's the two so there's a few things. So I was looking through what you've sent to me, and based off of what you've just told me, <laughs> there are a few things that I think are issues that I've identified. So and you've identified there's the seeking approval from from others. Mm-hmm. And just from this conversation, we've talked a little bit about self-worth. Um, but also the reckless thing. If it's something you do twice a year, it's probably not an environmental thing. It's probably like it's probably something most likely rooted to a belief. Either when things get good, you go, oh, I don't deserve this or like, something like that. Um, you know, or the opposite, and you go, well, this is really bad, and I don't want to do about it, so I'm overwhelmed, so I'm going to go, fuck it, I'm going to do this instead. You know, it could be either of those things, but the likelihood is it's one direction of those. The The self-discipline thing is really hard to do if yeah. your self-worth is not great, and if life's really busy. Like, there's a lot of things that discipline, something I've really had a lot recently, Um because I think it's the ultimate self-worth. It's being able to say, I, even if I don't feel good about myself, I know that in the long term, I deserve to do X, Y, and Z and to live a great life. So I'm still going to do those things that make me feel better, even though I don't want to. I think it's the ultimate form of self-worth. And I think it's what a lot of people want, really. Um, but I think it's quite hard to do, especially if you've got a little bit of self-sabotage or no self-worth in there as well. It's, it's hard to then navigate that. The routine and planning is actually something that I think is really easy to solve. I'm a bit of a queen of routines. Um, it's one of the things I've, again, spent a lot of time working on it because I think you and I are similar in quite a lot of ways, which I always found with a lot of my clients, which I suppose makes sense because we struggle with the yeah. same things. Um, in that, And I've also done a lot of reading into it. People go, oh, I need a rigid routine because that's what we're preached at. That doesn't work. And people like to say, you know, they, I saw a stupid post and it's from the other day. It was like five billionaires and this is their morning routine. And I thought, firstly, bullshit. Secondly, <laughs> this is not, this is not the thing. Like we don't need to be preaching this. People then just feel pressure. Well, I don't get up at 5am and I don't do this. And it doesn't work. We also need dopamine and we need variety. You know, human needs. One of the human needs is certainty. One is uncertainty and variety. Routine goes for certainty goes directly against variety but uncertainty and variety goes against routine you need that balance of it and life is different every day so you need I had a routine for a client we literally had a different routine every single day for her we have a base routine that I think you should do every single day which is bare minimum like two minutes tops like something very small that you do every single day but then you have different routines, either for different days or a full routine, but also that still has massive variation. So you get the dopamine hit because if you do exactly the same thing every day, it gets really boring. Yes, it's moving yeah. you forward, but you know it's not maintainable. It's not going to stay there. Um, but if you're doing something slightly different, if you have a whole range of different things that work for you, there will be times where you go, actually, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I also need to look at things and go, do I even want that as part of my routine? If you don't like something, there's enough tools out there. Why bother? If it's the fact it makes you uncomfortable, that's different. We want to do things that make you feel uncomfortable, but not things you dislike, because what's the point? Everything should feel good or feel right. Um, there's something I think you could use for sleep, which would be emotional freedom technique, would help with the insomnia and just help with anxiety and just generally is quite helpful. Um, and there's also the meditation 
pause and energy management side of things. There's lo- so there's loads of different things we could work on. Um, I um, if after this you think you want to do more, then I'm more than happy to put a plan in place and we can do something. Um, yeah. But what do you think is your biggest problem right now that we need to work on today? I need to believe in myself again. Mm-hmm. And that's that's everything because I know, deep down, I know that my worth is measured on how I look. Yeah. You know, my kids and my grandkids and my husband and my friends love me regardless. Whether I've just woke up in the morning and I look like a troll or I'm dressed up or they don't care what I look like. That's my issue. Um. But I don't believe that, you know, looking like I do and this size that I am, that that I'm worth anything, you know. Um, but also, I, I think confidence in, in just everything, because I don't feel confident at work. And that could be because I'm at home and I'm not around with colleagues and stuff. But I've really... I feel like I've lost that spark that makes me me. When and the you... more I think about it or I talk about it or write, it, it just, it upsets me even more because I'm like, I know this isn't me. And, you know, I'll figure it out, but I can just feel myself getting worse rather than I'll have the uh, 10 minutes a day where I'm like, right, social media, and I'll delete people that upset me or annoy me or, like you said, these people that are, do this, do that. And I think, oh, fuck off. You don't know, fuck off. You've probably got a nanny and you've got a personal trainer and you've had a tummy tuck. <laughs> you know, your dad put you through uni or whatever. And I think, oh, go shit. Because um, that's not real life. I, I've got real life, you know what I mean? Things that I do, I probably always met harder for myself, but that's just who I am. But... I think I need something that works for me, not what TikTok says yeah. or what Instagram is saying. So I've, I've had a detox as in getting rid of people and things. Um, yeah, I, I just need to find me. I just feel really lost. How would you feel about not going on social media? Do you know, I've thought about it. And I thought, just come off it, just try it. But then I think it's like you with that video that you put on with that little paintbrush and floor. It's like I go on social media to stop myself doing something that I should be doing. Whether that's elsewhere, although I don't mind elsewhere, I seem to clean more when I'm feeling like this. But where I can sit and watch somebody do a B&M all on TikTok for an hour, when I think I could have gone to the gym. I could have gone for a walk. Yeah. I could have just laid in bed in quiet or I could have read a chapter or a book. I use it to distract myself from probably what I should be doing. I think and I don't know why. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just talked about dopamine. It's instant dopamine in your hands. Whereas yeah. you know the gym gives you dopamine, you know, read yeah. You feel good afterwards, but it's not instant. It's the easier option. We all do it. I do it. You know, I, I think there's two approaches. It one is 
you either set intentional social media time because also do you ever come away from social media and feel guilty about sitting on there for ages yeah all time one of my clients used to do exactly the same thing and she would not be wanting to go on it would go on it and then an hour later be like "Mm, now I feel really bad that I've done that we put it in her routine she had tiktok time for half an hour like three days a week or something like that and she didn't feel the guilt afterwards because the intention was different it's exactly the same thing she's spending the same maybe amount of time doing exactly the same process but because she's gone well no i'm intending to do this i've scheduled this is part of you know um eat that frog brian tracy talks about scheduling in procrastination it's good to schedule it in there because you're going to do it anyway so you may as well <laughs> yeah. make it your day you know it's stupid just like saying this have the same routine every day to do the same things might be great in an ideal world doesn't work it you're going to be tempted so we may as well work with that temptation and put something in place so I would say there's two approaches you either be intentional about it and you schedule a certain amount of time a week for TikTok and you put blocks on your phone so you can't go on it You you have a social media limit for the day or whatever it is and you don't just press ignore uh, because I used to set one and then think I could just ignore it though. Um, <laughs> or, and what I'd be tempted to do is have a period of nothing on social media and then introduce a scheduled intentional amount of, of social media. It doesn't make you feel good. You know, it's not what you want to do, but you still find yourself doing it. And sometimes you have to be hard on yourself to say, actually, this is only making the problem worse at the moment. And there's plenty of things you could be doing. Even in that, if you looked at the amount of time you spend on it over the week, you could even just reduce that time by half. What you could then be doing with the rest of that time could massively be impacting how you feel about yourself. None yeah. of us are good from looking at social media. I know exactly how you feel about filters. I am always tempted to put a filter on mine. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I do think it's a, it's a tricky line because then when you look at one without filters compared to one with, you think, well, I don't actually look like that. Yeah. And it's just a slippery slope. Even if it's a very mild thing, it it's just not helpful. And we need to be very, very aware of what's going on. So I would suggest having a period of nothing, A, to set yourself a little challenge to be like, right, for seven days, I am not going to touch any social media and see how I feel about it. And after that, I'm then going to be intentional about, okay, I get 20 minutes a day or I get 30 minutes three times a week or whatever. Um, But I think it's not helping you. It's not. It's really not because I bought loads of books when I come back off holiday. When I first started messaging you. Yeah. Um, And then I've got books that I need. And I will be needing to read at college. And I promised myself, I'll get a head start. I'll get a head start. I haven't read a thing. I haven't. And I just keep thinking I could be doing so much more. Because when I go on, you know, I mean, I don't, I was looking this morning about Facebook and I very rarely post anything. You know, I might put a story on, but it might be once a month or something that I put some on extra if it's somebody's birthday or something like that and I'm like I always tell myself I'm putting it on there for my memories and I'm like am I thought am I do my memories need to be on Facebook and then Instagram there's certain people I follow and it's like oh I'm bored I wish they'd do a live and then I'm laid there for like an hour and a half watching somebody 
make the dinner. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I've got addicted. I feel like I've got addicted to it. Um, and it's stopping me doing everything else. And I'm like, I've got, what date? It's 25. I've got three weeks till I start college. And I'm like, I could be so prepared. You know, I could be so prepared. I could finish reading these books. Um, feel better about work. I know that'll come because I know this is me. It's not, like you said, it's not an environmental thing. It's not my marriage or my children or my friends or my work. It's it's me. Um, and I think what I'm doing, I'm just going round them all, trying to find a problem in everything to yeah. take it away from it actually being me. But this is also the thing I want you to realise as well. There's nothing wrong with you. This is a pattern. Everything is a pattern. There's no, you know, it's not, it's a you pattern and that's what we need to get rid of, but there's nothing wrong with you. Sounds very much to me as well. Have you ever read um, The Big Leap? No, no. Have you ever heard of a happiness upper limit? The upper limit that everyone has? Sounds exactly like what you're doing, to be honest with you. Everybody, so the up, uh, the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks is a really lovely short read as well. It's a very easy book, won't take you long. If it's an audio book, I think it's literally like two or three hours to listen to it short. Everybody has a level of happiness that they feel comfortable with. And when you start surpassing that, and if you think that as well, this year, because you've become a grandmother, that's a very big shift in happiness fulfillment you know people say being a grandparent is like the most fulfilling thing because you don't have to bring them up you just get to like enjoy them I know for my mum it's certainly like it's become her life you know um so when you get your if your happiness upper limit is here as you start creeping out even though life's getting better you go oh this is weird because I'm used to this so then if say you're loving being a grandma are you a nana is that what you are Nana, nana tea. I just I had a feeling you'd be a nana. So you're a, a nana and you're like, I'm loving this, but this feels weird. So you're going, well, what can I do to bring that back down? Well, firstly, the easiest thing you can do to bring your happiness down is be harsh on yourself. So you're going, well, if I mean to myself and I don't like how I look, or I say that it's this and the other, you bring yourself down here and you go, well, that feels comfortable. Even if it feels like shit, it feels comfortable. So what you need to do is work out how to get past that upper limit and push through the uncomfortable so you can actually build your upper limit. So this is where you become comfortable. So you get to enjoy all the things that you want instead of having something you want and going, this feels weird. I need to take myself back down to there. So a lot of the time people will have a great thing happen in their life. Say they love their relationship. It's going really well. So they'll start financially sabotaging because they go, well, I've got to have something that to worry about or something to stress about. We get addicted to problems. We like to be able to go, it's this, it's not me, this is the problem, money is the problem, or my husband's the problem, or my job's the problem, or whatever. In your case, it's probably my job's the problem. I think that's your go-to response is to go, it's the job. There's something wrong with the job. A lot of the time there may be, and you know, you, you have a stressful, mentally draining jobs. I know as well as anybody that listening to people and dealing with stressful things all day is very hard to then navigate that especially if you're an empathetic person, you come away and you, you take on lots of people's kind of stuff. So there is the fact that your job is hard anyway. Night shifts are a nightmare. They're physically so difficult for your body. I did a lot of research on this in my degree for some reason. I did a whole semester on sleep and how night workers and all of these things affect your body and your lifespan and all these different things. It's very, very hard to work 
to a different rhythm to what your body is designed to do. Then you've got menopause. I've 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 been doing that course. I started it when I was working with you, and and, and this it's such a stage in your life and. You can either, I suppose, look at it two ways. A, a lot of people, and unfortunately from society's perspective, they see women that lose value because you can't have a baby anymore. And biologically, men never lose their value because they can always have children and reproduce, whereas women biologically lose their value, which is just fucked when you think about it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So people feel that you know there's huge physical consequences of, you talked about sex as well, that massively changes when you go through the menopause. And yeah so many physical things that you're feeling which don't underestimate the impact that could have if you're feeling physically a certain way it's like if you're trying to work and you've got a headache all day that makes your life a million times harder and you just take the day off work but if you've got a physical symptom that's there all the time maybe not as severe as a headache but it's constantly wearing you down that just makes everything more knackering more tiring stressful so don't underestimate how big of an impact that has but the other flip side of looking at that and the course I did was called the empowered menopause is about actually, this is your time where you go, well, society doesn't have a definition for me anymore because I don't have to fit in that box. I'm not a, here to reproduce anymore. I'm here to be whoever the fuck I want. So it's that n- new level of uh, people either go one or two ways. They go, well, I feel shit and I'm not valuable anymore because this is how society sees me from this biological perspective or doesn't matter what I do anymore. I get to do whatever I want to do now because I play by my own rules. now. And I think there's two ways that you can go with that. But I think it's very normal and natural that and definitely not to underestimate how much the menopause is possibly playing a role in this or at least making things worse for you. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. Um, and just just you saying that about um, pain and or just having something. I've been diagnosed last three months with um, disc and decompression in the bottom of my spine, and I have sciatica as well. And I've now got to go for a, another scan of my spine because it's affecting my neck and my arm. So this right arm is constantly pins and needles tingling. It's my right hand. It's what I write with do everything. That is an absolute ball ache. It's not, my arm's not painful. It's irritating. It's irritating because when I can feel it coming on, it's like I'm stopping myself doing something. So I think in back of my mind, I've been, well, I can't go to the gym because of my back. That's bullshit. I've gone to the gym and thrown things about with a bad back and I've done. Um, but I think that just what you said, I've just wrote it down that book because I have got a credit on my audible actually. Because that about being happy, but then sabotaging it, that has just really struck a chord because when I wear on holiday, that is probably happiest I've ever been in my life. Ever. Even I'd say it's on how we have my kids and getting married because I did everything I was scared of. I was terrified of water. I went on a boat. Don't like swimming pools. I went to swimming pool every day. Don't like ice. I went on cable cars and walked 3,000 feet up a mountain. You know, I did everything I was terrified of because I just were like, but I can. It weren't, I can't. It were, but I can. And I said I can before I did it. And just you saying that is kind of gave me a lump in the throat because 
since I've come back and I've been unhappy. It's as if I feel like I can deserve it. And I don't know why, because I know that I do. And I have to see um, a clinical supervisor for my counselling course every month because I work with bereavement clients and we just have to make sure I'm all right. And she lets me offload about work stuff as well as my voluntary stuff. Um, and I cried for an entire hour and a half last week. And since then, that's not me back. And I think it's because that's when I said to you, it's this external validation thing where she it brought a lot up from when I was a kid. And if anybody would have ever said to me what with childhood, like I'd have always said happy. But it's brought things back where it's like, actually, I weren't happy. And why do I not believe? And the more I've thought about it, I was actually bullied as a kid by my parents. And I got called names, including physical stuff. So that's, you know, just like fat and, you know, commenting about my teeth or my eyes or something. And it's never bothered me before, but since I had that session last week, that's come back. And I think it's all that, just that combined with thinking I don't deserve it. And that's probably because I was told I, I, I weren't and I was never good enough. I always had to try harder, no matter what I did. It was never, ever good enough. And I, it's as if 30 odd years later, I'm believing it again. Sounds like it's a combination of lots of things, doesn't it? Yeah. That. Yeah. Have you ever done any inner child work? No. That would... I think be very um it's one of the things people always go oh, I had a good childhood I don't need to do that and it's like even if you had a good childhood and you know and I know from your childhood if we're counting teen years as childhood there are difficult things that you experienced very difficult things um but even if you if people haven't had those things there's always something even if it's something as simple as a parent not saying something. Some people never heard I love you growing up. Some people never had praise growing up. So they, while they go, well, nothing happened to me, it's like actually that absence of something happened to you. And everybody, it's always the session people go, oh, I don't know if I need that. And then they do it and it's like, that's probably one of the best sessions I've had because there's everybody, there's inside everybody. And, and the thing is, it will repeat until you heal that little girl. And it 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 doesn't matter that it's now 30 years later that it comes up. It may have manifested itself in many different ways and over the years, and you haven't necessarily noticed it's consciously that that's possibly where it's coming from. But until you heal that wound, and the way in a child work works is you go back to being a small child and you reparent the child. So you talk to it is there's two sides to it you actually understand um what you loved as a kid and it's about bringing more joy into your life because kids go I love doing this and they don't do it because they're trying to be good at it or they don't do it because someone else said they should do it they go I really love drawing and I'm probably terrible every time my son gives me a picture I'm like oh, that's really amazing <laughs> 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 thinking that is shit <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it goes on the fridge and he knows when it goes on the fridge that means it's an ex- exceptionally good piece of it makes it on the fridge and you know yeah but he doesn't do it because he has to be good at it he does it because he enjoys it so part of it is reconnecting with that childlike side of yourself um but the other side is going okay like what happened to you what was said to you what wasn't said to you and and going back through and going okay but what did you actually need to hear how do we reparent the inner child and heal the inner child to make it go actually okay and actually I think it's more powerful coming from you than maybe it would have been from a parent because it's like using the benefit of hindsight in real time you can go well I'm an adult now but it's still me so I understand completely all of the things that happened to me because I experienced it but I am the adult now and I've got a benefit of all these years behind me to be able to go but actually this is what that means especially when you're a parent because you know how to talk to a child and you know what a child needs and you know how you give that to your own children and grandchildren so inner child work is incredibly powerful and it's it's I I love doing it it's one of my favorite things to do because everyone thinks it's really woo-woo and then you do it and you're like shit (laughs) yeah yeah but I think it just sounds like a combination and I think even the fact that you've got teary about that you know like to believe that you don't deserve to be happy is really hard like that's really horrible position to be in um but it's also quite easy to change that's a belief you know but it makes and and actually it may make more sense to you now which even that in itself just making sense of it goes well I had a really good time on holiday and I felt maybe the most empowered great I'd ever done doing all these things and so my level of comfort and that little belief goes no 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 no, this is too much let's bring you back down here so you've done what's the easiest thing attack yourself attack how you look because that's you know that's the one thing you get to control and so we ne- we take advantage of that and do it in a negative way because it's the quickest way to pull yourself down. If I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling happy, I will find that that is the time where I start looking at my face a lot more and not liking what it looks like because it's the easiest thing I know. It's what I spent the most years doing was going, you're ugly. So you can enjoy all these things and you can be really happy, but you still be ugly, aren't you? Like... But even though, and that's coming from the fact that I've worked really hard on those beliefs, but the difference is I know how to deal with that now. And I've dealt with all of the underlying stuff. So even if that habit comes up, I know how to flip it. I know know how to get rid of it. And actually it's just a good warning sign for me that either life is getting better and I need to do something to embrace that growth that's coming with it. Cause it's like, oh, cool. Okay. Or it's a sign that I'm stressed and overwhelmed and I need to take a step back and focus on myself a bit more. So it's kind of become a bit of an indicator rather than a problem um, yeah. I know and as the years go on it becomes less and less and that's what will happen but all of these things are just habits and patterns and it's about breaking the pattern and and even I think a little bit the gym is something you've always ever since I've known you dipped and dabbed in between the gym do you like going to the gym yeah do you what do you do at the gym do you lift weights do you do cardio what do you do um I've, I've joined the new gym uh, when I come back off holiday mm-hmm. because it got a pull and because I'd loved being in water I was like I'm going to get over this fear and I'm going to go and it's only a small pool I'll not be scared I'll not drown I, I've been at gym over a month and I ain't been in water yet mm-hmm. I'm not particularly I used to really like classes and stuff 
but I like to go and it sounds ridiculous and go on treadmill and walk. Um, I, I follow that diary of a CEO. I love his videos and I like to watch them as well, not just listen. So I put that on and just walk. And I, I like bike and, you know, just a few at weights, but I've not been in weight area in this new gym. Um, and I went and my best friend, she can't afford to come to this gym because we used to go to old Kelly. We used to go to old one together and I told her I'd left because I wanted to go eat water and I hadn't done yet. Um, so she don't go to the gym anymore because I'm not there. And sometimes I put myself off because I'm on my own. But when I get there, I love it. I just put my earphones in and I just switch off. It's as if I'm in a room all on my own. I'm not bothered. I don't care what, you know, and it's true what they say. When you're at gym, people might glance at you as you walk past, but they're not. They don't care. I see people bigger than me, older than me, smaller than me. You know, I see them taking Instagram well, pictures and posing, and I'm like, well, that's what they want to do, yeah. you know. But, yeah, I miss it when I don't go. But at minute, I just feel like I can't be bothered. It's honest truth. Yeah. What's the, which makes sense, you're tired as well, does not help mm. that. In pain does not help that. Swimming could possibly be one of the best things, especially sciatica pain. You know, I, I had sciatica and I was pregnant with Ezra. And it was horrendous. I'd never, it's one of those things, but like before I'd ever had the flu, when people would go, I've got the flu, I'd be like, shut up, you've got a fucking cold, get over it. And I had the flu, and I remember bringing my nan, I was like, no, I'm dying. <laughs> and she was like, nah, I'm going to die. And she was like, you're not got the flu. I was like, yeah, but I thought people were lying. This. Same with sciatica, I thought, well, you've got a bad back, and it, whatever. I was like, my whole side and my leg, I couldn't lie, I couldn't sit, any of yeah. that. And the swimming could massively help with that and with your arm. And it's a it's a confidence. That's a straight away that's a confidence boost you can do what you're frightened of. But again, if you're thinking I don't deserve to feel better, then you're going to shy away from all these things because you're gonna go, well, that's the thing I know that makes me feel better. But if I don't think you deserve it, then I'm gonna try even harder not to do it. So it make all of this makes sense, Tara. That does what you've just said. Oh God. Yeah. So that in itself is a positive thing. This is a pattern. And it's because of a belief. And it's because you need a few more coping mechanisms. And it's because when shit hits the fan, everything quite often goes kind of off kilter because we do it tremendously to ourselves. Look what you've done. You felt great after your holiday and you've managed to make yourself feel like shit. So you've been very successful. <laughs> in You're your, good at something. <laughs> your subconscious goal has been achieved. You've done a great job at that. You know, like, <laughs> but if you, imagine if you could do an equally great job understanding and accepting that you deserve to be happy. Think of the possibilities there. Like, it's such an, it, it, it's such a shift, but that's the, that's the possibility of it. You're very good at this because it's a pattern and you've done it before. So we need to break the pattern and find new ones. And, and it's a combination, I think, of beliefs, of coping mechanisms, of sometimes this just happens. And a whole range of things, but I actually think it's quite simple to solve, which is good. Yeah. First of all, what, so. what are you doing for the rest of the day? Well, I did have this thing before I was getting ready, and, and I was like, what am I going to do? Because I'm working from four. Mm -hmm. um, I've got some meetings before my shift, and I was like, I've got a couple of hours. What am I going to do? 
Um, and like I said, when I get anxious, I tidy. So my house don't need doing. And I'm like, what can I do? So I've actually ran myself a bath. Nice. And I was like, I don't often get a bath. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather have a shower. And I thought, why don't you just have a soaking bath, put a podcast on or something, and just try and lay there for half an hour. Because if I go in a bath, I'm in and out in five minutes. I just, I can't. But I was like, do that. You'll feel better. And then, you know, blow dry your hair. Just stop scraping it back and just try and set my space ready for work later and have a think about whatever we've talked about and get some stuff wrote down and start thinking and planning. Good. I think it's interesting because, isn't it, when you're, like, focusing on resting, you can't do it. But then when you're not focusing on resting, you can sit and scroll TikTok for an hour. Again, it's that... (laughs) In, it's interesting the kind of switch of that isn't it I think that's a great idea I've got have you listened to the diary of a CEO the most recent one about self-discipline which who is it because I've screenshot because you see I'm come up on TikTok <laughs> I screenshot them all to go and go back to and read um yeah. I remember his name have you ever read the daily stoic no oh it's a brilliant book it's literally you read a page a day and it's a piece of advice and a thought and it's brilliant it's the guy that wrote that I think his name is Brian Holiday um and it's all about self-discipline and I was looking at today and I think there's a lot of stuff because so I was prepping for obviously ours and I've been prepping for a week or so and I was listening to this yeah found it sorry I was just looking as well and it came out today and I thought this is Tara like this is Great. This is exactly what you need. Thank you, universe. This is the right time. I thought, brilliant. I recommend this. She can listen to it. Um, and actually, I wrote down some of the things that he said because, you know, there was a couple of things like, there's an analogy I think he puts in there that's like, um, there's a dad and a son drinking hot chocolate. And the dad says, I promise you, I will share everything equally with you. Um, and they start sharing it and the son's not getting the same amount. And he said, dad, if you break the small promises, you'll always break the big promises. And his dad was like, okay. And it's that discipline thing. If you say you're going to get up at 5am and you don't, that's a small promise. But if you break that small promise, all that's going to happen is you're going to break all the big promises. So there's so many little snippets in there that I think, like he said, I don't do the things that I don't think I am. So that's a very good example of if I don't think I deserve to be happy, I'm not going to do the things that make me happy. Or if I think I'm capable of something, I'm not going to try the things. Because, yeah, it's very, it's all based... What's that book called, Rosie? It's called The Daily Stoic. And also, he has a, I'm pretty sure he has a, an email list you can join where every day you get a Daily Stoic thing that comes through as well. In the podcast, he said that he's written one every day for eight years and sends it out to his, yeah, insane. So it's all very based on, like, um Marcus Aurelius and the Roman Empire and all this kind of 2,000 years of kind of like knowledge and it's interesting because a lot of that is just still very relevant and it's like I think sometimes it is about coming back to basics and just going okay even like you want to be reading all the time or if you can read a page a day that's a small promise you make to yourself Daily Stoic is a great example of that yeah that men helps you make big promises and I think this is again coming back to routines like we talked about if you could be doing you could fit so much into two minutes a day but that commitment that you make to yourself to do that for two minutes is much better than doing 30 minutes once a time once a week 
because it's that daily commitment and going yeah but it's that discipline it's building that muscle and another one he said you know you're building the muscle either way so if that alarm goes off at 5 a.m if you do get up because you said you would then you're building the muscle that you're somebody that does what they say if you don't get up you're building the muscle that you're somebody that makes excuses so either way you are building your muscle whether it's intentionally again it all comes back to intention look at as well i remember you sending that message to me once about you and your husband it's like we've got a be like Rosie, live intentionally. And you were talking about the intention and those things. Mm. It, it comes back to this thing of intention. Like, so you're yeah. a lot of this unintentionally and even just getting aware of that, starting to journal again, writing things down and going, okay, but what am I doing and why am I doing it? Okay, now what do I actually want to do? It's, it's quite, yeah, I think for you, it's just breaking it back down to basics, having that kind of reset button. Because... The last time we started working together was in preparation for September last year. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want the habit every year. No. no. You know, and, and things will come up. Most of my clients, me, I have coaches all the time. I literally have just invested 15 grand into myself again and my business because I was like, cool, take it to the next level. Having accountability, I think, is always a great thing and something we always all benefit from. My clients return to me time and time again because they're like, something else has happened in my life. Here's a new experience. How do I deal with it? Cool, I've learned something new that I can apply it. So I actually think it's quite normal to have people kind of work for like three months, then go away for like a year and then come back again because life changes and it's just, it's kind of like having that speed button to go, okay, well, I could spend it another year figuring this out or I could kind of get it sorted in a couple of months. And yeah, it's that speed button. It's not, there's a thing they say about, if you want to be somewhere, find somebody that's done it and get decades into days. So if they can tell, right, this is how I did this over 10 years, but you can learn that in a couple of months, then that's that's what we should all be seeking to do. Um, So I think it's normal, but also maybe we should be understanding, well, why is it this time of year? Why is it the college thing that's the trigger here? Why is that the, it might be interesting to see why that's the thing that kind of Either puts I think I know what it is, Rosie. Tell me. If you think you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's um it's my mum's death anniversary at beginning of September. And I think a lot of things I'm I know I'll grieve forever, but I'm mad with her. And I'm not just mad because she died, I'm mad. Because now there's things that's come up that I want to talk to her about. Or I do actually want to say to her, this is your fault. And that sounds really cruel because I miss her, miss her like mad. But it's coming up to that time. And I've noticed every year since she's died, when it gets to August, I get, and I know I do. But, and I'm probably always going to be like that. But I don't want it to keep affecting me. As, as bad as it is because this is probably it'll be six years in September but this is probably worst out of them all even first year this yeah. is worst one but don't forget that also will coincide with the fact the more work you do and the more you uncover there yeah. may be more unanswered questions so that makes sense and this is about knowing what your coping mechanisms need to be for this time of year like generally it may be that you have a general routine this is what you do but actually 
also you have an August routine that you do every yeah. August that prepares you for that, you know? And and also don't forget two things can be true at the same time. You can love and miss your mom and also still be mad at her for things that happen. Yeah. It doesn't take away from that, you know, you don't have to feel guilty about that. I think that there's so many unanswered questions when someone passes away. And just remember that and every time if you feel angry, it doesn't remove any of the love that you feel either. No, it, it absolutely doesn't. Yeah, um, both of those things are true. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of my issues are because of it. <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, I just think I wish she were here so she could see how much I've changed and yeah. how much better I am. And I weren't actually what she thought I were, you know, a drunk and mental and all that kind of thing. But yeah, but that's in background, but that, that can be, yeah, I can deal with that, but I want it to last longer. I want to, if I do have these kind of days or weeks or whatever, I want to be able to know what I need to do to get right quicker. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you um an email. So I'll give you a little overview of what we discussed so you can remember yeah. the things you've come up like the books I've recommended, stuff like that. Um, I'll give you a little, I'll give you some homework tasks. Whether we carry on or not, I'm still going to give you homework and I'll still okay. message you like, have you done it? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Because I want to keep you accountable. I'll also put you a little plan of what I think we could work on and how that would work going forward or what the different options kind of are so that that's, so you've got that information if you want it. Um, yeah. And then if you've got any questions, anything like that, drop me a message on Boxer drop in with me chat about it and we can you know if we want to move forward we can do that um but I think this is very this is solvable quite not easily but simply I think it's very clear to me what the areas are that would benefit you to work on from a deeper perspective but also just kind of practical stuff like I said like the EFT the tapping could be such a benefit beneficial tool for you that something as powerful as getting better sleep can have a huge impact on everything yeah. you know, how you deal with stuff you know like the pay management like things like that um so i think it's very solvable and hopefully you'll come away from today even just feeling like this has kind of given you some things to think about yeah and absolutely and um yeah have you got any questions have you got an iphone yeah I'm a bit, you know, I've on my home screen, I've got folders. Yeah. My daughter did it. She yeah. put folders on my phone, like they do. How do you make a new one? So I'm thinking I've got like a, a social file yeah. that's got Facebook, Twitter, and yeah. I want to put them in a, in a don't touch this file. So if you press one and hold it so that it hovers and they and it says they all start wobbling yeah then drag say facebook to twitter and it will make a new category right okay so if you try and drag it into one it will it should put them together and then you can name the category yeah right is it worked yeah cool i'm gonna put them in a don't i don't want you stay have a breather yeah what's the worst that can happen you know it's because i'm nosy and i feel like i missed something that's what it is but 
I think have a break for a week, commit to a full week of it, and then have it intentionally. Yeah. And maybe even have TikTok time. You could even call it nosy Tara time if that's what you want and have three times a week I get to be a nosy cow because that's what I like doing, you know? Like I, I like I talk to all my one of my clients, we have an anti-dickhead routine. Like that's what we call it because we know that she's when she's stressed, she's a dickhead to herself. So we call it the anti-dickhead routine. Like try, <laughs> make it as personal as you want and as you can. As, always make things funny. Funny makes everything better. So yeah. Have a nosy Tara time or whatever and schedule it in three times a week. But at least you're being intentional about it. And just that act alone will make so much difference, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I will. <laughs> you're welcome. Right. I will send you with everything in the next couple of days. It might look a bit overwhelming when you read it because there'll be quite a lot of stuff in there. Don't let it overwhelm you. Just, you know, work through it at your yeah. end. They're all suggestions. It's up to you what you kind of do or don't do. Obviously, I'd recommend yeah. you them because i'm telling you that that's what i think <laughs> um but don't let it add stress to you you know let no, it take it when you need to yeah i will thanks a lot rosie no worries it was lush to see you yeah you too take care and i'll see you soon okay bye, see you later. bye.